and welcome to the GM screen. I'm your co-host Alex. I'm Matt. I'm Robert. And can someone please remind me what the episode is? I didn't read the show notes. So this week we're talking about downtime. Downtime for your players, downtime for your players' characters, even downtime for the DM. Uh, we're going to delve deep mostly into character downtime, but the other two will get touched on. And player downtime is important because sometimes you need to let your brain cool off. Like right now, I'm going to take a nap. No, you won't, because oh. I have to go to work tomorrow, and we need to have this recorded. That's Do fair. we? I, Do well, we really need to? Are guess, we on a time crunch? Is that what happened? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Listen. Look, yeah, viewers of the future, before we put this up, we had like 10 episodes stored. Like, we weren't really sure if any you of this... You keep raising that number every time you say it. I think it's six. I think it might be closer to nine. I think this one. is eight. <laughs> I'm almost definite we're on eight. Has anyone been counting? I, I think it was me. This is bad. I can check the drive. Look, the let's important check thing... The drive no, this makes good radio. Check no, it. Yeah, this is good as radio. Far as, as far as anyone oh, wait, listening to this I don't know, because it hasn't been uploaded to the drive yet, Alex. No, I put it up earlier. Oh, fuck. As far Boom. as anyone listening... Now I look like the asshole. This to be fair, puppies. what is that? You to pretty be much fair. always do. <laughs> <laughs> Amusingly, this is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, so, I was about to say. So, for downtime, are we talking about the actual, like, an in-game mechanic for that, or just literally not playing the game? We're because the game is supposed <clears throat> to be a recreational thing. We're talking about the periods in which your characters are not engaged in whatever uh, the primary like mechanic of the game is usually for Dungeons and Dragons that's raiding dungeons or going on adventures um, probably for, dragons somewhere for White Wolf games that's going to be like social maneuvering uh, for who plays White Wolf I don't know they did just get that Kickstarter off so someone oh what do they do I don't know uh, re-released their original rules for the 20th anniversary that's that may a... have been like three or four years ago but whatever that doesn't feel like a good investment what no get the old stuff back out that's great the, is it? It was pretty Let good. it exist, okay? If there is a legal way to get old rules, I am all sorts of down for it. Yeah, you go to Half Price Books and you pay like $4. <laughs> well, yeah, don't... but that's not encouraging them to make more because they didn't get said dollars. Uh, Fair. You... <sighs> okay. Or you get like $4 and not spend 96000 which is uh, what the Kickstarter's at. The points when you're not shadow running or edge running, for those of you who have looked into Cyberpunk uh, 2020 now that you know it exists. It's called edge running? Yeah, they're edge runners. No. What? There's an edge. You have Look, to run on it. You could be an edge runner, you could be a shadow runner, or you could be a net runner. Are they seriously called shadow runners? That's a different thing. No, shadow runners are in shadow run. Okay. And okay. net yeah, runners are in Android. Android. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was just going to say, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Is there someone in Cyberpunk called a shadow runner? Because someone should have been sued. Regardless, cardio is involved. <clears throat> uh, you know. Why I'm... does everyone run? <laughs> You have, like, laser bikes. No, it's always running. It's running and... You can't skip cardio. Some other thing. Like, you can Probably. be a milk runner if you're not doing anything particularly strenuous. Is, is edge running know. just running really fast and getting aggressively bad haircuts? I was going to say, what it is, is yes. that... Yes! <laughs> I mean, everyone has those. It's that you get a book. You just get, like... Your book for, like, your A-plus certification, or, like, you're trying to learn computer science, you open to a random page, you point at a word, and you put runner at the end of it. Compile runner. Okay. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> no, that's, that's like the defensive class. Yeah. <laughs> to get dangerously topical, I've had Wake the Fuck Up, Samurai, We've Got a City to Burn, like, playing over and over again in my head for the last, like, several weeks. It's a real song, though. It's rad. Is uh, it? 
Yeah. yeah. Some, like, <laughs> Swedish, like, punk band did it. It's great. Johnny Silverhand, the guy Keanu Reeves is playing, is a real character and a major personality in the cyberpunk universe. I knew this. Who is a rocker boy whose power <laughs> within the universe is the ability to throw underground punk shows whenever they need to. Is Keanu Reeves still in Dogstar? That was his band before he became a big fan. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. I assume so. I love that name. Okay, so the important question now is that to segue back, in this terrifying world where everything is made out of neon and punk music, what the hell do you do when you're not, like, blowing up corporations? You sit around with your friends and discuss pop culture most of the time. So is this game just a Tarantino movie? Yeah, someone brought up at work that we live in a... (laughs) We live in a dystopian future without any of the benefits, like all the neon. Yeah. No, we 100% transitioned into dystopian future not that long ago. All we got was video <coughs> phones. That's the least cool sci-fi thing. To be fair, when I was a child, you could not look at pictures of butts anywhere on the planet at, like, a moment's notice. People can look at pictures of butts on their, like, handheld light devices on the slopes of Mount Everest. I mean, not- up there? Yeah, they've got 3G. <laughs> yeah, with the lines right now, they can live tweet them dying of exposure. Yeah, <laughs> that was. <laughs> they could Snapchat themselves. They could Snapchat their own butts with a cool filter on them as they die of exposure. For real though, there's like a fucking fifty person line at the top of Everest, or there was a couple weeks ago. Jeez, just go on like a Tuesday. No one will be there. <laughs> you can't go on weekends. You're gonna be there all day. Is it? I don't know if. You know, I'm sure mountains do experience peak times. Uh, the moral of the story <laughs> is that uh, there's a couple of types of downtime. There's player downtime, there's character downtime, and there's occasionally DM downtime, or GM downtime, if you're very lucky. Um, we're going to mostly focus on character downtime, because you can kind of tie it into the other two. Player downtime is basically any time the players aren't engaged in the story or the game. Uh, is, is that when they do that lame stuff, like going to work or pooping or something? I was thinking more when they're at the table, at the table and, I and think they're it's probably important. on their phone doing some kind of like fill in the art game. Yeah, look, dude, I, my brain, I need something to look at while we're doing stuff. <laughs> I, I feel you. Here's the. Here's, I will say, yeah. player downtime can be very constructive. We've implemented it in our personal games, yeah. and I do find it very good. But what are you going to say? Um, DM downtime is anytime the characters are carrying the story in a way that the DM doesn't have to manage. Like, if they're plotting to overthrow the Duke, that's something that the DM's not actually downtime for because they, they have to understand that. But yeah, if they're if they're arguing over how to split their loot or trying to figure out what they want to actually like spend it on, uh, if they're going shopping, that kind of stuff. And character downtime is the time that the characters spend not engaged in the adventure. Uh, you can do a lot of things with character downtime... But uh, using them to cover for player and DM downtime is one of the main things to do during the game. I feel like you've got a couple couple of options there, but um, I think character downtime is really, really important because otherwise you will end up with an epic world-saving quest that lasts about a week. I want to be a player in a campaign where I have a day job. I just realized that. <laughs> like you guys... And yet you won't play Shadowrun with me. Look, I don't like the setting. Look, he doesn't want to be neon Spider-Man hacker guitarist. I'm still waiting Wait. for your like explanation of why you don't like the setting, so I can figure out which cyberpunk setting you would enjoy. I don't look. <laughs> I'll get to it. Yeah, no worries. But no, I think having a nine to five would be really fun, even if it was like goat herder. My last, I 
Are you directly referencing my professional goat herder wizard who showed up in the werewolf camp game we played with I Will? guess I am indirectly, yes. All right. Because, yeah, he was a professional goat herd who was uh, very slowly paying... He was a dwarf, so he lived a very long time. Was very slowly paying for his uh, semesters at wizard college by... <laughs> being goat herding. Being goat herding. Because <laughs> he worked for, like, two or three years, and he'd save up for a semester, and then he'd work for two or three more years. The Wait, problem with this the best plan to go to college ever? <laughs> The problem with this, though, is that if you see the average loot hauls that you get from an RPG, you could basically quit your job by the time you're level two. Like, you're pulling in thousands. Well, after yeah, level. but you can, the DM can balance for that. The issue, the issue, and this is where we get back around to player downtime, is that if your characters go from one adventure to the next... They're gonna go from being like eighteen-year-olds with a sword they got from their grandpa and armor they made out of rats to god-killing, indestructible kings in like four weeks, because that's and they're still uh, twenty. Yeah, that's twenty-eight long rests. And if you needed to take <laughs> that long to get to level twenty, I don't hundred percent know how to help you. But um, hey, you just couldn't find enough stuff to stab. It happens. You're in one of those weird talky bits. And you just let that guy with the 16 charisma say things while you pick your nose in the back. But the, the more realistic option, especially, and you'll know this if you've ever been like a freelancer uh, in your real life, is that jobs don't happen concurrently. You might have an adventure or something that ties into the next bit and that goes for a little while, but a lot of the time, especially if you're just dungeon crawling or shadow running or what have you, you'll do a job, you'll hit a dungeon, you'll uh, raid a corporation, you'll like pull off a cool space smuggling business and then you'll be like you will have enough money to make rent for the next three months and it'll be a while before the next dungeon pops up on your radar what before I, the next like rumor shows up in a tavern or a treasure map you find what i like about this is this the the character downtime also gives these characters room to breathe mm -hmm. because i love well-rounded characters and i love playing well-rounded characters but they wouldn't be well-rounded if all I did was fight, 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 fight. So I think that's really important to get a, a whole, like a holistic approach to role-playing is to give the quiet moments. Because not only does that let you establish routines for your characters that you might not otherwise you know, understand or even think of when you're dungeon fighting all the time, it, it also makes the uh, action part of the campaign feel that much more whatever you want it to feel. Dynamic, traumatic, exciting, dangerous... Warhammer does uh, 40k slash Dark Heresy does it fun because there's built-in downtime when you have to leave a planet. Yeah, like Tra <laughs> travel time is uh, travel time takes a lot of time. Yeah, enjoy the warp, nerd. Now let's roleplay <laughs> what you're doing for with that time. Yeah, and, yeah. It does and sometimes there'll be like a monster who comes up out of the ship's yeah. hold, but a lot of the time it's just like, how do you spend this time? Yeah, like it's far too easy for like someone as a game runner just to be like, and it's been three weeks, you get there. Just like that part in like, I don't know, fucking Oregon Trail where you're like, it's going to take two weeks for the boat to show up. Boat's here. Right. Like, so uh, it's... You should... Go ahead. And like, it just feels too easy to see them. Just be like, well, you're not doing a combat, so why would I want right. to run this part? Right. It's important to avoid that. Because, because I mean, it's a role-playing game. You have to play the role of this person... You can't just be the cool stab pirate. And not only will that give your... Well, first off, yeah, skipping it's a shortcut. But aside from letting the characters breathe, downtime will also allow you to give your world context. Because if you if your players only engage, in the, engage with the world through physical violence, then that's not a full world. 
that's not an interesting world. That's not a world lacking nuance, right? You can't at that point. You can't blame them when they turn into uh, murder hobos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because all they know is, well, everywhere I go, I'm being attacked by fucking hobgoblins. So yeah, I just fight things. When yeah, violence... the, the safest option is to stab people first before they turn out to be an enemy. Yeah, right. honestly, a great example of this. I'm gonna throw some mild shade. I do love it. I want to throw it out. It's kind of a problem the like Lord of the Rings movies had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the books, I just everything pointed gets... at Alex with like wide eyes because I was like, <laughs> "Preach!" Yeah, because in the books, this stuff took forever. Like in, in the movies, it. like Frodo gets his little ring of destruction and is just immediately off. It seems like that was like a decade in the books. He yeah. chills in the hot in the Shire for a long time. Yeah, and then there's like asides where they're like, and then we just. Go to this bar, and we hung out with this cool dude in a forest for a while. Tom Bombadil happened. He's so great. Tom so good. <laughs> that would have never worked in a movie, but it was great. Right. I bet it could have worked in a movie. It just would have been really weird. It just would have been this weird five minutes in the middle. It's like, yeah, and then they met this jolly fat guy who didn't seem to care about anything. Would have worked better than the way they did uh, Bjorn in The Hobbit. Look, in fairness, yeah, that was with weird. this specific example, a lot Tolkien's writing can be described as meandering if we're being charitable so that might not but i love six page songs i love six page yeah. descriptions of fields but yeah. i'm just saying we have to acknowledge that's not for everybody so i would say in my personal opinion travel time is a little bit distinct from downtime uh because you you tend to expect some kind of interesting encounters in a travel scene and it's a good it's a point where you're the DM are describing like the world and such. It right. is a good place for downtime to exist, but I think it's more of a, a container than a specific time. But okay. it's a good way to start doing it. Yeah, no, that's definitely um I I have a friend who's one of the best GMs I've ever played with who uh stole a cool technique where when you're when you're traveling or when you're waiting or just when you have a, 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 a period of downtime you have one of the players describe an issue uh, that the party faces, and you have another player describe the way that their character helps the party resolve that issue. And that's everything from like, oh, well, I think that while we're traveling uh, through the forest, the hobgo- like hobgoblins attack us. And it's like, well, then I lead the charge on the hobgoblins, and you play combat. Or like, oh, we're accosted by a bunch of really officious uh, bureaucrats and they like really want they're, they're arguing that we owe additional tolls because we didn't pay the tolls earlier it's like oh well my they character they want to see your W2s my character starts arguing with them uh, because he doesn't believe he doesn't believe that like this he country he believes that taxation is theft yeah he <laughs> believes that taxation is theft and he argues with them for several, for like two hours and then, by, and then, like, the rest of the party just quietly leaves while that's happening, and my character and the people he's arguing with don't notice, and then he has to catch up with them using his <laughs> superior tracking skills. Right. That did happen to me. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when this started, for some reason, you started talking about bureaucrats, I immediately went to, like, copyright infringement. It's like, you're going across. Suddenly, some coastal wizards noticed that you fought a beholder last week and want to talk to you. And one of you has two swords and is part elf. No, dude, the, no, 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 uh, no, no, Underground no. persuasion. This is a bobcat, not a panther. Totally different. They painted him black, though. <laughs> can you dye a cat's fur? I assume so. I think you can dye all fur, right? I've seen people I dye poodles because they're, I don't know, they're psychopaths. Yeah. yeah. Don't dye your pets. But don't poodles basically just have hair all over their body instead of fur? They do have hair instead of fur, and that's why I love them. Fair enough. No, Meredith doesn't want to be a poodle. Oh. But Francois. He's, but they're cute. Okay, quick aside... 
I have a coworker at my job whose name is Francoise, <laughs> and we were talking about forgetting names recently, and I was like, I remembered your name from day one, and I really don't want to say why. And she goes, well, I have to know why now. <laughs> and I said, well, I had this really lovely poodle when I was growing up, and that was about all I had to say. Everyone laughed, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a very good person. And Francois was a, a wonderful dog. Wonderful dog. Love that boy. <laughs> so yeah, travel time is an excellent point to, to start playing with downtime. I've had a lot of success with in more structured downtime with a, like a, a period between adventures where if the players don't take the initiative and go looking for something, I know when the next problem's going to happen. Uh, going like, okay, what are, you guys, what are you guys planning to do until the next thing happens? Uh, that's how we accidentally pro- invented professional wrestling, if I remember correctly. Oh, man. Goat Goat Sex Boat yeah. was really weird and funny. <laughs> was that the official name? Goat Goat Sex Boat? That was the name for the second match. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, that was the show itself. The, the, show. the Order of the Goat overall. The Order of the Goat was the mer- is, the mer- is the Mercenary Company. The Adventuring Company. Adventuring Company. Yeah, Goat Goat geez. Sex Boat was the show we put on. We're on. getting away from mercenary work. I know a lot of us are like criminals and murderers. <laughs> They're authentically two real-world pirates in that group. They are. Uh, so this is transitioning into kind of describing ways to uh, to enact downtime activities, which I appreciate because uh, I'm going to get to tell a story about my Shadowrun character that I love very much. So the couple, there's several options. The one that I think everyone should encourage uh, but isn't necessarily applicable at the table is the writing of like uh, short stories or... Um, like short, fi- like flash fiction about uh, your character and what they do in the intervening period. Like going, hey, you guys have a week until the next uh, thing happens. I'm telling you as the DM, what does your character get up to in that? In what that is time? your episode in the filler arc about? Yeah, send me a, share me on a Google Doc. What are you up to? Yeah, update your DeviantArt journal. <laughs> I, I've rewarded players with uh, experience points or whatever for that. Uh, I, Money. I, I, as a player, have done that uh, for free, uh, getting to the Shadowrun character I'm very excited about. I had a Shadowrun character who uh, was a disgraced SWAT mage uh, who had (laughs) been blamed for the destruction of an orcish community center. Did anyone hear any of the words past SWAT SWAT mage? mage. (laughs) (laughs) He worked for Lone Star. No, I just, I just, I can't. Like, I just, I in my brain, in my mind palace, I see a dude in SWAT gear and a Gandalf hat. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's They're it. just normal dudes. Didn't you watch Bright? But no, you like, didn't. No, Nobody no, did. No, but it's like a tactical... You Gan- watched it three times, and I watched it once. <laughs> yeah, Quiet, it's, you. It's, it's a tactical Gandalf hat, so it has like a bandolier bullets <laughs> around the top, and he doesn't have a gun because he's a wizard. No, he, no. <laughs> he uses telekinesis to throw them at people. <laughs> it's better than that. He had a tactical claymore that he, <laughs> that he could only use in the ghost realm. I know. I'm, no, I'm, I want to dig into SWAT mage because it's like breaching fireball. Yeah, uh, yes. Much. No, uh, that's not. No okay, wonder he I destroyed have, a community center. He did not. He was blamed for it. He, he uh, breaches doors with fireballs. That's a reasonable. Why, accusation. No, not he was breaching a, not, a community center. You, uh, he was uh, he used purely defensive magic and mind control it's not very SWAT of him well it is really helpful when you like block people in with a magical barrier and then your guys can uh, shoot or disarm them at their leisure so he's just a really overly complicated version of a bulletproof shield is what he is yeah yeah. they could and probably again, hire a guy to hold the shield I'm just also saying. mind control <laughs> okay 
That that's how he got through. Which is 90, how he became a meme. He got through ninety percent of the interview, and they're like, "So, what specialties do you bring to this position?" He's like, "I told you about the shield, right?" And they're like, "Yes, we know about the shield." He goes, "Mind control." And they're like, "Shit, okay." And then he walks out, and he's like, "Okay, turn off that cantrip. Nice employment, mom. I got the job. No, I didn't use my magic. Mom, wait until I'm out of the precinct. Hang on." <laughs> I'm not saying that, <laughs> but um, uh, whatever. Got blamed for it, and it uh, was the like wedge point that led to the dissolution of his marriage. But he still had half custody of his child. Okay, because uh, his wife was an orc. Ah, and her parents uh, pressured her into um, like filing for divorce. Sure, and then he like he got half custody of his child because he's like a cool guy. But he's just kind of like a little noodle arm dude. Right. Uh, so he had his family's ancestral claymore, uh, uh, which worked really well in the astral plane, but not in his plane. Anyways, uh, describing my character aside, I got like really deep into between missions. I would get a big pile of money, and everyone else would be like, "Oh, well, I'm going to buy a new drone. This is my little spider friend who tasers people in the crotch." More gun. Um, I bought, among other things, I supplemented the security system in the less than stellar apartment I was living in with an incredibly powerful fire elemental <laughs> uh, who only answered to me and my daughter uh, and who I was pretty sure I had control over, but I had my daughter uh, like feed it wood logs uh, to try to build a good relationship. <laughs> I, um, you bought an elemental dog, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of people came snooping around that apartment, and I had a air elemental pull all the breath out of them, so they died, and then I hid mm. their bodies somewhere. Wait. I bought a... You know the crime, right? You're becoming a less good cop as this goes on. I was not a cop at this point, because I was fired. Okay, fair enough. Wait, <laughs> yeah. so you're just a criminal, then? Yeah, no, I was just a criminal at this point. Uh, I bought... I, like, used one of our payouts to buy an incredibly used, uh, like, SUV so I could drive my daughter. Because my wife took the car, so I had to be able to drive my daughter to school so I could continue to maintain custody. And the campaign ended with me, figure with me like, publicizing who actually uh, blew up the community center, right. and then, like, me and my wife got back together. Uh, uh. But this is a way that downtime was used both to further develop my character and in the eventual resolution of my character story. Right. And if your characters want to do something that's not like fully active, like what Matt's describing, I have a character who in between sessions writes letters. Um, the letters to June, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I definitely remember those. Yeah, yeah, letters to the I I have a whole Google Doc called Letters to June uh, for that character where after every major plot point when there's going to be a downtime, I sit down and pen a letter to a I, I don't even know quite who he's writing to. Uh, it sounds like some kind of life partner when I write him. But they are functionally useless because he stuffs them into the... He gets them into the local guards barracks however he can. Um, whether that be down the chimney, under the door, or surreptitiously slipped into a guard's pocket as he goes back for the night. What's the end game there? Nothing. I don't know what the end game is for Swaga, except they're very characterful. And <laughs> his character's life has been... Uh, saved a little bit by the amount of depth he's put into them. They are super useful for me because I have occasionally checked them because I've forgotten details <laughs> of the adventures you guys have gone on. Yeah, so it's, it's something fun I did for myself as a player to get myself engaged but it, to get myself understanding my character better, but it also functioned as a 
productive downtime activity. So it doesn't have to be arguing with car salesmen. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it doesn't need to like be that or like, yeah, I joined the hop keto school. It's going to <laughs> kick ass. Or, or like go into night crime or something. Um, although the although idea, night crime is... It's an option. Is another thing that that character has been yeah. engaged yeah, in. It's, in it's a good middle point for the people that want to flesh out the character but still want combat role fight times. Well, you just be like, what do you do? I've taken up vigilanteism. It's not, I would say, it's not normally a downtime activity if you have to right. roll much of anything. If you have to roll, roll more than once or twice, it's yeah. become a side adventure. Yeah, there's the general, did it work roll. Yeah, I think if I remember I wrote a crime, yeah. and then you had me roll once. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> yeah, um, and then you came along with my dude and we did some, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the stuff Han Solo does? Smuggling. Smuggling, that's yeah. it. No, you smuggled well before he did that other crime. Yeah, oh, but yeah, then he but joined me on a few afterwards. Yeah, but yeah. we did a smuggle together. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, oh, right, one of yours was literally just a crime. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was what he did after that last thing. I did a downtime activity of a crime, then wrote a letter to June about my downtime activity. It was very good. Um, <laughs> I think my last downtime in that game was an existential breakdown, which is why I have a new character in the next one. <laughs> the so, other guy's still around, but it's just, he ain't there. Uh, fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons includes downtime activities as a mechanical part of gameplay. I like this uh, on a on a principle level. I am a little bit worried about the amount of meta knowledge in it it requires because it the way it works is that either you have to treat downtime like a currency and be like, oh, you have seven downtime days that you can do something with, or you have to be like, which is and the second thing is what I've done, uh, say. The next thing's going to happen in like 14 days. What do you guys do in the meantime? I'm not telling you what the thing is, but like get as far into whatever you, else you were doing as possible. And Because right. some downtime days are like, this takes four downtime days. Or this takes like five downtime days per section of it. Yeah, I, right. don't, I feel like it shouldn't need a currency. And yes, that means if you're clever, you can get way more out of it than someone else. But I don't see the need to like schedule out every day. If you're like, yeah, I went to go do some training in order to like... I don't know, like, learn how to use this new armor. Okay, cool, that only took three days. What do you do with the rest? I don't know, I, like, went to Fuddruckers on Thursday. It was fine. I really appreciate that they uh, brought back the carousing downtime activity, which I haven't seen since the Sex and D&D Dragon in, like... I'm gonna look that up while uh, we are in the middle of this, but... You shouldn't be allowed to use the phrase sex dragon for anything. Sex... I mean... I didn't say sex dragon. I said sex and D&D... Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't sound much better. Quiet, you. Who kn- show of hands, who knows what Dragon Magazine is? Me! <laughs> I was gonna say, you understand that this is a previously recorded radio show, right? Okay. Well, I meant that at the table, and the one person answering proved my point. I've got a few in the back. Uh, oh, well, thank you for answering when I asked the question, Alex. They don't you know. You gave me all of your dungeons. Mm-hmm. But not your dragons. That seems fair. That could, that could be a nerd-influenced country song. <laughs> you gave me your dungeon. No, I'm done. <laughs> so do they uh, have, so like, a, a zine that's just an ampersand? That they they know, sometimes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're releasing a new one. It's called uh, Dragon Plus or something like that. Sponsored and it's by Bad Dragon? Online, and it's... No! <laughs> I am not going to let that slide. <laughs> now, does Matt know what Bad Dragon is? Yeah! <laughs> Say, I got weirdly defensive. I'm about very that. happy. What a st- 
That's a stupid fucking question. Hey, it how is. Do, you how do like you... your face was like, yo, bro, I got controlling stock, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was. You were like... I don't... I, I don't dividends. I don't understand how I don't... you could possibly think that I, the person I am, constantly researching mythical creatures, could possibly be unaware of a dildo manufacturer who specializes in mythical creatures. Mega fan Matt and majority shareholder in Bad Dragon. Then that would be a much better use of my money. Yeah, really, you know what? I wouldn't mind that. Instead of my near-complete collection of Dragon magazines. <laughs> Yeah, you can't rake in the dildo bucks with them pieces of paper. I think it's I'm, just the I dildo. Believe... Damn it, Alex! <laughs> <laughs> You're so much faster than me. How much of that stayed in? <laughs> All, All of it. it. Beautiful. <laughs> I just uh. want to have... I just want to have dildo money so I can go to a country club and talk about investments and be like, yo, have you guys seen the returns on fleshlights lately? <laughs> We're getting all new porcelain. No. Okay, so this is uh, uh, pretty far off the rails. No, no, we were supposed but... to be talking about carousing. We are still yeah, here. <laughs> God damn it. We even came we're... back to a country club. We're fine. We're maybe two steps away from what we were talking about. Fair enough. So, downtown activities are dragon sponsor us? Please? I will f- happily shill bad dragon dildos and uh, hey reproduction. No, 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 I'm going to follow them on Twitter. Don't worry about it. Alex, what's that email again? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't say it, I'll edit it in. <laughs> Yo, but for real, the GM screen at gmail.com, get over to us. Do you know a guy? Are you said guy? Again, we're in it. We are not afraid to sell out. We got nothing to lose here. Until until such point as someone else offers us more money, but we have to cut your sponsorship, uh, we are in. Anyway. And I mean that. <laughs> this, I want the record to show he's the only one that said that. Yeah. We sound this, similar. That was Matt. <laughs> uh, okay. We've ruined this episode. <laughs> this is the best one. I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm so excited. Okay, so, um, if your characters, uh, the, the, the amount of input you need on downtime activities as the GM is directly related to how much input you're willing to allow your characters to have over the story. If you've got, say, the uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition downtime activity rules and everyone's agreed to abide by them and you trust your char- your players roles they can engage in a downtime activity at the table while you're talking to another player who has something more important more uh active ne- yeah active and needing of your input to do the thing that i try to do at games uh when i notice as a player that you know, there's a, a lower engagement at some point of the table, is to grab that carrot, like that player's character, and just go, "Hey guys, let's go to the bar, let's go to the tavern, let's our characters talk about stuff, like let's engage in the world," because the DM is the final arbiter, or the GM is the final arbiter of everything that exists in the world, but they're not, and this is a tough thing for the players and the GM to accept. They're not necessarily required for every aspect of it. You can write part of a story especially within the especially if you're just acting within the rules and you're not like engaging with a with like a, a plot you can't be like and then the king gave me 50 bucks. But you can 
Uh, you can talk about, like, oh, we go to the blacksmith, because I need new armor. You come with me. Uh, and, like, talk to each other and, like, develop your characters. You can be like, hey, let's go get, let's go get dinner. Hey, like, why are you always robbing, but only exclusively from goblinoids? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> or it's going to be something as silly as, hey, I'm going to get some, I'm going to put in a commission for a new armor. You want to help me design it? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's fun. Like, <clears throat> yeah, in, engage yourself and fellow players on every level you can get into. Like, I think maybe we can use a new uh, design for our adventuring company. Yeah. Um, Just going off this stuff, um, and I feel like this was mentioned as a joke earlier because you were talking about something about car salesmen. I think more games need a used horse salesman. Like, can we just yeah. have that be a thing now? Uh, because I was, horses are expensive as hell to was, begin with, and was, this just sounds like a fun character. I was about to make a joke about rubbing sawdust on the horse's teeth because my only like point of reference for you, bad used car salesman is Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely wrong, but the exact one you should be going off of. <laughs> so, I was passing a car the other day that was apparently purchased at Bogus Ford. Bo- okay. And my... You did the same thing I did, where you went, that's a wizard, right? Yeah. Uh, so I've invented Bogus's horseless carriages by Bogus Ford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and I was going to say, it's like, are you sure it wasn't just Bogus? Is that the joke they're making? Nope, B-O-G-G-U-S. That man should change his name. So that will 100% show up in a game that you guys are playing. And if the other folks want to go... If, uh, my players need, need, like, a used horse or a horseless carriage and possibly a deluxe model. Or I'll have a price sheet written out, and they can go down to Bogus's Horseless Carriage by Bogus Ford and purchase it. I'm How does really, he feel about elephants? I'm really disappointed by this statement, but Bog, the, got good reviews. I really wanted them to be bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and just because the Google reviews would write themselves. Yeah. More like, Bogus Ford! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pithy. So, Bogus Ford, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm down. Uh, and if you need a horseless carriage. Okay. But uh, that kind of ties me into... There's a certain amount of things that people can do with telling a story about their characters or having a discussion in character with another character while you're dealing with someone. The option exists to create more mechanical ways to interact with the world. Because we're all technically interacting with this world mechanically, although a lot of the the time the interaction is just I say this happens, okay, I agree that that happens. That then that's the thing that happens. Yeah, the like most D&D worlds or just game worlds tend to have too much of a theme park feel to them in which everything is either an exciting thing to do or a store you go to afterwards. Right. And downtime lets you broaden that. Speaking of theme parks, one of the ideas I had with regards to downtime... Was to go to Disney World? Sponsor us, Disney. No. <laughs> uh, although that did absolutely happen in a Star Wars adventure uh, that, uh, like, two... No, one-third of the party couldn't make it, so the rest of the party decided to go to Space Disney. <laughs> I was gonna say, was this made, like... Was this done before, like, 2013? Because it's oddly prescient. Yes. Awesome. Huh. Uh, not only did it happen before 2013... Uh, they rolled a D percentile to see what what percentage of amazing time they had, and they rolled a, they rolled a natural one hundred. So they had the best possible time at Space Disney. Like and one the DM of them just died. spent like the DM spent like four hours describing just every wonderful thing that happened at <laughs> Space Disney. Like and that 
technically doesn't move the game forward at all, but is great. Yeah, yeah but it gives context to the world. Yeah. It's an amazing story that I just told. Uh, what I was going to say, actually, is that if you want to uh, create mini-games of some kind that your your less narratively inclined players can engage in, that's also an option. If you're playing in like a pirate game and... Um, I'm totally stealing this right now. If you're playing in a pirate game and you want like the option to go, oh, well, we're going to go pearl diving right now. Right. Uh, then you just kind of set out the rules and as long as you trust everyone to abide by them. Then like a couple of people can go pearl diving while you talk to like the captain who currently has to have a negotiation with someone. See, I was curious because I was like, what is this? I didn't know if you were gonna like pull out a chessboard or start playing pinochle or something. Hey, the use of alternative components is also excellent. If you want to play, if you want to play dragon chess and have like a chessboard with a couple of different uh, alternative rules for it, right. and just like have people throw down at the table, it's an excellent use of time. But yeah, I do very much like that idea there. It's like, okay, well, this guy has a super big like plot thing. He wants to go talk about like his estranged mother or something. Uh, you guys go invent a sport while I'm doing that. Uh, the other, and then you come back and they made a better game, and we're just playing that next week. The other alternative to uh, to uh, mini game, if a if you're like focusing on one person, uh, is the troop role playing option where you. You, especially if you knew this was happening beforehand, you have like a couple of additional characters with uh, short descriptions of their ideas and like existence role, uh, written up, and then you can go, "Hey, we're going to have a, uh, an adventure focused on, or we're going to have an encounter focused on this person today." Uh, you're playing their best friend from childhood. You're playing their mentor, and you're playing their rival. Okay. Here's their character sheets. Here's their like motivation. Uh, you're gonna have to figure out what your character was doing during this time, but like we'll we'll play this other thing for real quick, and you'll get experience. And that's you. cool because it lets your char- your player step out of their current character and just improve the roleplay chops. The main issue there is that it does run the risk of making the person whose main character came along getting a little too much spotlight. Like you're essentially creating a spinoff show here. Yeah, but as long as you don't, um, as long as you wrangle them back. Yeah, and make sure they don't do it every single downtime. I would say as long as you don't do two in a row unless everyone's really loving playing through this story, uh, I would say you're probably fine. If you're gonna if you if you go through an adventure and then like the knight has to go to court and everyone gets to be like, Oh, and everyone don your courtly shoes real quick because the, yeah. the rest all the rest of your characters are like uh, slovenly stab boys. Yeah, uh, please don't come with us. You put on this powdered wig. We're going to knight court, and yes, I spelled it with a K. Yeah. <laughs> You you guys all roll on the crime table, and then uh, you are going to be playing like these lords and ladies for the next perce- for like this the rest of the session. Right. Okay. Um, I'll buy it. Yeah. So uh, downtime is good. It's good for the players. It's good for the DM. It allows you to develop the character more. Uh, don't be afraid to. Uh, don't be afraid to engage in the world without the DM's immediate consent. You should probably eventually, like, you, once you finish whatever short story or engagement or conversation you're having with another player, you should be like, oh, hey, we went to um, O'Smiley's and we had, like, three pints and then we played a, a dice game via the dice rules and I made, like, 20 bucks and he lost five. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you, like... See, as a, as a player, yeah. that's why I like the Google Doc method that I use, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's a document I can constantly update that my DM has access to at all times, 
So if I write something and want to have a question about it, I can be like, hey, check the doc. Does that fit with, you know, where we're going? And it's still giving me a fair amount of license to, you know, flesh out the world, my character's place in the world, but it still allows the DM to keep his finger in the pie. Yeah. Which, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, how much involvement should the DM have in these side stories? Like, when are they allowed to shoot something down? I'm really glad you asked that question. Uh, right after he said that, because I was about to jump in with my final thought on this, and then you just made it even more prescient. Which is I feel that... like you killed a lot of that momentum by pointing it out, but thank you. <laughs> Shh, it's at the bottom of my notes, and I'm the only one who reads this version of my notes. Just slowing down, pumping the brakes. The <laughs> actions and downtime activities are one of the best resources GMs have to pull new and interesting aspects of the campaign. New people that the players have made enemies of, new friends that they've met, new uh, rivals and crimes and complications and the... I would say if you're going outside the world at all, like if you're going outside the rulebook or a established convention, you should get the DM, the GM's um, approval before you like roll on whatever table. If you're playing within the rules, you're probably fine, and you can just um, give it to the GM, and they should feel free to to edit it however. But if your player goes like, oh, hey, I uh, went gambling, and I rolled a natural 20 on the gambling table, and I've got gambling proficiency, so I've won, like, 60 gold credits, then you as the GM can go, okay, well, those had to come from somewhere. So who did you just, like, fucking snooker at the uh, dragon chess table? Uh, and suddenly there's a new rival who maybe isn't, like, a lich king. But, like, oh, you beat the, um... You beat, like, a, a, a minor local official. And now he's out to get the party. And he is putting, like... Like, just trying to get people to levy fines against him as much as possible. Or, let's say you're a criminal who robs a jewel merchant... Uh, the police are out looking for you. I'm still trying to figure out snooker. Isn't it just, like, pool? Yeah. Like, I think it's literally just, like... I think it might be... It's pool-esque. No, it's just pool. No, they are definitely different. I remember, because we had the unabridged rule book at uh, my cousin's house. Generally similar to billiards. Okay, fine. Yeah. (laughs) You're probably one of, like, the eight people on Earth that knows, like, the rules to bumper pool, so I don't even trust you anymore. What's bumper pool? What the fuck are you talking it's like, about? It's like, like these fucking like add-on things you put on the billiards table. I'm not even fucking around with this. It's like some modified nine ball thing. You've gone mad. No. No, someone else went mad. Bumper s- Please tell pool. me this is a real thing. If I just like... Isn't bumper pool... Isn't that the thing with the little carts? A pocket billiard game played on an octagonal or rectagonal... Rectagonal? Rectagonal. <laughs> <laughs> Rectangular table fitted with an array of fixed cushioned obstacles called bumpers... Within the interior surface of the table. Yeah, it's weird. It's like pool pinball. I hate it. Pool and ball. I'm glad we spent the last four minutes talking about snooker. The moral of the story (laughs) is that I think that you, the GM, need to step in if they decide to do something that's outside of the realm of your game. Like if they go, oh, I go to the store and buy like uh, two magic swords. Well, we're not selling magic swords in this game. You're playing uh, fucking Traveler. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, or, like, they uh, do something that's 
maybe technically within the original rules, but not within the, the variant rules or whatever that you're playing with. Like, oh, we're going to buy the the one weapon that, like, 100% kills the lich we're about to fight. Uh, no, you don't. He bought all of those because he's not an idiot. <laughs> he threw them all in a big pit. You're fucked. Right. Um, yeah. Fuck off. you got to do way better than that if you want to get the raging, flaming, poisoning sort of doom. <laughs> but, um... If you allow the characters to complete whatever their thing is, uh, it's going to provide you with a lot of story hooks. And they don't all have to be bad. I definitely mentioned a lot of bad ones. But like, oh, you definitely robbed that guy. And the Thieves Guild took notice. And now they would like to recruit you. So they send you a fruit basket. That happened to me. That feels familiar. No, you got shot in the chest and dumped in the river. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I survived. I got better. Oh, yeah, because the pirate jumped in after you. It's fine. And I think floated... He didn't have any... If I remember correctly, you had, like, no first aid experience, so you just kind of hoped he would survive and floated <laughs> downstream with him? Yeah, I was more collecting him than I was saving him. <laughs> That's fair. I'm like, so, I'm gonna get this back to someone who can do something. Um, just some closing thoughts from me. They're basically gonna be the same as Matt's, but I want to touch on the actual player downtime. Yeah. Uh, as we've gotten older, our fortitude has gone down. As has our, like, mental, like, squishiness. Like, our, our brains just are tired. Yeah. So, I found that the player downtime can, that, what do we take, 15 minutes? 15 to 30, it's turning into. 15 to 30 minutes between, like, if it's a four-hour session right there in the middle. Yeah. Is so helpful for all of us, I think. Because it lets us just reset, pour some extra drinks, breathe, talk about life for a second. Alex takes a nap. Alex takes a nap. That's pretty good. I take a pseudo nap. Yeah, Matt lays face down on the carpet and screams. Um, <laughs> the dogs come. No, I don't do that. Uh, I haven't been DMing re- recently. Okay, he hasn't been DMing recently, but you know. Um, but I, I think that is important because this is a hobby, but it also it requires you to buy in emotionally and mentally, and that can be taxing to even the most you know the sturdiest of us. So. It's also a way of being mindful of your players' mental and physical health at the table. Yeah. Because they're still here to have fun. Um, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, regardless of what emotional experience or story we've been trying to tell, we are all trying to enjoy this. And Alex, did you have anything? No, I'm just tired as shit. Are we done yet? Yeah, we're done. That was the episode, everybody. <laughs> all right. Uh, we've been the GM screen. And thanks. As always. Yeah, I'm Alex. I'm Matt. I'm Robert. And don't split the party. Call us back, Bad Dragon. Uh...